I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to the Lime Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. Today's beautiful episode, I got to have someone I have quite a bit of admiration for, Mr. Jason Kalipa. Jason is an absolute legend in the world of CrossFit and fitness in general. Uh, he has won several CrossFit competitions. He's revolutionizing people's approaches to owning and operating gyms and uh, just operating the fitness industry in general. Um, really tremendous guy. Check him out on Instagram or the Google machine anywhere, and you guys will be impressed with what he's putting out. Um, one of the biggest things with Jason is he's a really grounded, kind human being, and um, just really enjoyed my time getting to sit with him. We uh, all afterwards we rolled some jujitsu, and um, just super sweet guy. Even with all that he's going through, and just how like big he is in the world that he he operates in, um, you'd never know it by talking to him. In this conversation, we get into some fundamentals to enhance our movement, our nutrition, supplementation, um, how to make this organism work a bit better. And uh, also his daughter, Ava, was diagnosed with leukemia when she was four years old. So I believe that was a couple years ago. And since then, he and his wife has started a foundation to help children with leukemia. So uh, we'll include in the show notes resources for you guys to be able to support and help out with that. I think that would be an amazing thing for all of us to get involved with, and um, we get into some of that in this conversation. Here's a little clip. And as soon as I said it, there was no other word spoken. It was just, he was just coming right at me. And uh, so we went at it for a while, and there were some other guys there, and the police were called, and my shirt came off, and it was just, it was a, it was a. Shoes come off? No, my, my, style? my shoes stayed on. Okay. <laughs> And thank you all kindly for tuning into the website if you feel called at aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can start the five-day movement challenge. Just drop us your email. We'll give you five videos each day on fundamental principles on how to enhance your momentary movement practice. Also, get yourself the show notes and all sorts of great stuff on there. I have a quote which comes from uh, the good Mr. Alan Watts. I'm reading his book called The Book on the Taboo Against Knowing Who You Are. And just really quick little sentence out of here that I highlight, I enjoyed. I think that's how you say that, highlight, highlighted, highlight. Um, just as money is not real, consumable wealth, books are not life. To idolize scriptures is like eating paper currency. So he is, in a sense, kind of encouraging us to disregard what he is writing in this book, ironically enough. Um, I think especially in podcast landia, there's a lot of maybe people over-intellectualizing or pontificating on certain subjects and missing out on just shutting the heck up and going out and experiencing those subjects. So it's something to think about. Are we reading too much? Are we taking in too much information? How much open space do we have in our life in order to 
create genuine expressions. Um, thank you so much to Ample Meal for supporting this podcast. Ample Meal is a full comprehensive meal replacement, you could call them, supplement. It's a bottle of delicious powders, which are uh, various different whole fats from macadamia nuts, coconut, uh, various different probiotics, green supplements, collagen protein, a lot of really good stuff. Highly recommend checking those guys out. Utilize the Align code at amplemeal.com and get yourself 15% off of your purchase. Hope you guys enjoy that. Um, Thank you guys so much for the reviews on iTunes. If we read your review on the intro here, we will send you out a box of Four Sigmatic Mushrooms of your choice. I got a review from P.E.W. Fit, Pew Fit. I love this podcast. Five stars. I love, I've been listening to Aaron's podcast for over a year now, and I've found I can always come back to it and trust that the information is relevant, informative, and fun. I love Aaron's energy and curiosity to learn and share more. I highly recommend this show, exclamation point. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate that. Or or woman, Pew Fit. I don't know. That's ambiguous. Um, I think that's pretty much what we got. Thank you guys for utilizing the Amazon affiliate link on the right-hand sidebar. Anytime you buy some crap on Amazon, por favor, buy that crap through that link on the right-hand sidebar, very top of the page, podcast, aligntherapy.com slash podcast. Hit that link. Check out them show notes. They're good for you. Lots of good information on there. And that's what we got. Here we go. Back to the show with Mr. Jason Kalipa. Align Podcast. Right now we hear is it is it Caden? Uh huh. Caden Caden's out there playing, getting his getting his play on. And a hundred, it's a hundred and twenty-seven degrees out right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, unbelievable. Who knows? <laughs> one it's degrees. degrees. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's an interesting thing. I think you might find kind of fascinating where they they measured people's back pain through using EMGs, electromyographs, mm-hmm. and what they found with it was the parts of the back that were more that were uh, in pain. It wasn't you think it'd be like fiery, red hot, like whoa. Right. What they found it was it actually kind of like blue, cold, disconnected, disassociated. So I think what happens oftentimes in something like oh, like a lacrosse ball, or you know, activating the backside of my shoulder girl for the first time in twenty years, right. pain starts to dissipate because we're starting to get to know our body. Right. <laughs> you know, it starts. Yeah, yeah. You just you just, do, you just weren't there. Well, I mean, a lot of times, like for me, you know, I had a deep tissue um, guy that I used to go see a lot, and I mean, the the the, the tissue work just does so much for me. I mean, yeah, I, I think it goes a long way. What are you struggling with right now? As far as it could be physical, right but now, anything, because, whatever. Right now, because of my, um, you know, how much I'm training and what I'm doing, I, I actually feel pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Is there anything? So, you've done a really spectacular job of integrating business into movement and into you know the, your your hobbies. Yeah. Has that always been the case? Has it always just been kind of a convergence, or is there something that? Um, well, I mean, I think I, at a young age, I knew that I wanted to. Be do what I love for a living and be in the fitness industry. I knew that when I was 14 and over the years, I've just been trying to find ways to do that for more and more people. Right? So the goal of our company is very simple, you know, do what we love for a living, then provide that to as many people's yes, son. (laughs) (laughs) Keep the, keep the dirt in here, buddy. Crucially so, important information. We'll include we'll include Hayden in the show notes. Yeah, Caden. Or Caden. Caden in the show notes. Uh, he's in special. So basically, <laughs> you know, the, the reason why I started the company was I uh, I wanted to do what I love for a living. I wanted to help other people get more fit, and I wanted to provide that opportunity to as many people as possible. And with that, then you create this big community. And so it's been cool for me to see that we've been able to provide fitness to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, all over the world. 
And in return, then we could do really cool events like blood drives and uh, philanthropic events because the bigger our network gets, the more people we could impact even outside that network, right? Because, you know, if you have a fundraiser with 100 people, that's great. But if you have a fundraiser with thousands of people, things change. And that's kind of the impact that I want to continue to have. So you provide a positive influence on people through fitness. And then those people then provide a positive influence to others, specifically for us, pediatric cancer, uh, and reach as many people as possible. That's that's the vision of the company right now. Yeah. How has, um, it's Ava. Ava is your yeah. daughter. Yeah. She's leukemia. Uh-huh. Yeah. How has that affected your your workout, your training, your perspective on what's relevant in the world? Like, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's like, uh, I, I like to think of it like AMRAP mentality is something I, I use a lot of is, you know, kind of segment your day into different things. Mm. And, you know, when you're at work, be at work, when you're at home, be at home, different things like that. Obviously right now it's a little bit different because we're in my garage. Yeah. My son happens to be here. Normally I wouldn't, um, Normally, I'd want to just be all with him or be all with you. But in yeah. this particular case, you want to be outside. But the way I try and segment my day is, is, you know, focus on something, move on to the next thing, like an AMRAP in a workout. And I think with Ava getting sick, what it's made me do is um, remember just why I got into fitness because fitness made me feel great. Mm -hmm. And fitness, without doing something, I, I didn't feel right. And that's kind of where I'm at. You know, when I was in the hospital, every single day I would work out. Um, even for 20, 30 minutes, because it, it, it de-stressed me. It made me feel good. I went back in with more energy, more enthusiasm, and that shared over to my family and my daughter in the hospital. And so fitness played a critical role in, uh, you know, just staying sane over the last year and a half. Yeah. I, I think it would probably be really easy to, our priorities would have to change when you go through something like you're finding out your daughter has leukemia. Yeah. You know, is that something, was there a pretty priority yeah. change there? I mean, in, 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 the, in this concept, I, I like to refer to as amateur mentality, we have a time where you have to reevaluate. Yeah. And you reevaluate during like major things, you know, like getting married, having a kid, uh, whatever, right? And a major thing would fall into your daughter being diagnosed with leukemia. And what you need to do is you need to say, hey, what are my priorities, right? So if before it was competing in fitness, building a business, and then family, well, if family needs more time because we're in the hospital all the time, one of those has to go. Mm. And the business still needs to grow. The family still needs to do their thing. So I had to kind of put competing on the back burner for a while yeah. and just focus on maintaining my fitness, but not necessarily trying to go out there and compete, you know, spending four or five hours a day training. Yeah. That wasn't, that's not, that, that's no longer a priority for me. What's a priority for me is to build a business to help a lot of other families fighting pediatric cancer and then to uh, take care of my kids and take care of my family. I find it really interesting sometimes when you when you step away. What? We got we got information coming in live from Caden. Okay, go get it. <laughs> so we'll include Caden's name in the. This kid, he's something else. <laughs> the, uh, so I think it's really interesting from like from learning a new skill, for example, when you step away from it, oftentimes you come back to it with this whole other perception or maybe even skill set with it, where it's like you allowed yourself to simmer, or, you know, neurons to myelinate or whatever the hell, you know, was there anything like stepping away from fitness and then kind of coming back into that? Of yeah, I mean, I think it's always weird when you have a part of your identity that's associated with competing and totally. let's just say CrossFit, right? 
And then all of a sudden you're no longer competing and you start to say, hey, what is my identity? But my identity was never about competing in CrossFit. There was always my family. There was always the business we're trying to do. And, and so I think for me it was an easy transition because it was made for me, right? Like right. When, my, when your daughter's diagnosed with leukemia, I'm not going to spend four hours a day training. It's just, it's just not even close to a priority, right? Like <laughs> yeah. it doesn't even tinker on the scale. And I think that's the big difference for me, right? It was, it was, the decision was made very easy for me. Because I knew that we had to be 100% locked in focus on getting Ava better. And that's what we did for the last 18 months. Yeah. I'm going to have to just tell this kid to go inside with my kid. Yeah, no worries. No worries, man. Yeah, we can edit all this stuff out. Yeah. Keep I, keep it, it, I keep it smooth. <laughs> <laughs> for the record, Jason's true form running machine is well lubricated. It's well lubricated. It's, it's, it has the perfect incline. It's ready Great to go. Great incline. Yeah, it's got all that stuff. What's, um, I've heard you harp a lot on consistency being a really crucial component to success of yeah. your own and people's in general. Is that something that's just always been a thing? Is there some way to kind of build that? You should build it just by I mean, by I think consistency, consistent. you know, I, I learned a long time ago, so one of my mentors said to me, he's like, hey man, you don't need to knock it out of the park every time. You just need to stay consistent, keep working, and don't do anything stupid. That was like that was basically what he said, and stupid being things like getting distracted, and distractions are things like, you know, becoming, you know, getting involved in drugs and alcohol, uh, or whatever that may be with your wife or however that works. So for me, what I've really been focused on is just being dedicated, being consistent every day, waking up, working hard every day, and, um, you know, and then and and staying focused on what I want to accomplish. And I think. People, I think, think it's harder than it really is. I think if you just stay consistent and you stay focused on what you actually want to accomplish, I think you could do a lot of what you want to do. Mm. But then what happens is people uh, lose interest or they they um, they don't believe they 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 don't have a desire to get uncomfortable. And sometimes you need to get uncomfortable. Sometimes you need to be okay with, hey, look, I'm going to go out there, go compete, and I may win, I may lose. But at least you're putting yourself out there and you're trying something and you're pushing yourself and you're you're going to gain something from it, you know? And I think that's one of the things I love about all the competition I've done over the years is that it's helped me to realize that I made a decision to compete. It wasn't forced upon me, but that decision then allows me to learn so much about myself that carries over into other things. And you need to be okay with not just living in this comfort, but sometimes pushing through that. And I think sometimes as people get older, especially they fall in these cracks of just like comfort, right? Like they're going to show up to their work from nine to five. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And they never really, they have these hopes and dreams, but that's all they really are. And they can't really make them into a reality because they're afraid of, of, of failing or they're afraid of getting a little bit uh, uncomfortable. And I think that that's something I never want to be a part of, right? I want to always every day be consistent and every day ask myself, Hey, am I getting uncomfortable and trying new things? Cause that's the only way you're really going to grow. Yeah. Yes, sir. What's up? Okay, Dawn. What's popping? What's up? You need me? Let me see. Oh, we got an elbow boo-boo. Oh. That's a real issue. I see an elbow boo-boo. We got one. <laughs> Officially. All right, one you better elbow know. Boo-boo. Better? All right. We're going to have to do a team photo after this. What about, so upon exercising, who was it that said, I don't start counting reps until I feel like I can't do anymore? 
There's, oh, uh, have you ever heard that before? I don't know who that was. But you get to that point where you're like, okay, you're officially in the fire. Like, yeah, you're yeah. not in the fire in the first few. You're in the fire until you get to the point where, like, I don't think I can do anymore. Okay. I'll do a Start few more. counting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know who said that, but I mean, I, I start hopefully counting reps early on. I mean, one of the things that I like for, from a fitness perspective is what I think really works is AMRAPs and EMOMs. I'm a big fan of them. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, I'm a big fan of just racing against the clock. You know, whether you're in the conventional gym, you're in your garage, you're at the CrossFit gym, wherever you're at, I think racing against the clock is critical because what happens oftentimes is people surround themselves with other people and they may have training partners. And if they're outperforming their training partners, it may give them a false sense of how well they're doing. Or if their training partners are so much better than them, they they, they don't even think it's realistic to keep up with them. And so what an EMOM or AMRAP helps you with is that you're racing against the clock. So let's just say minute one, you do, I don't know, 10 burpees. Well, now, you know, it doesn't matter what Joe does next door or Susie. You're racing against the clock to get the 10 because you know you can because you already did it. And what's cool about it is it's a great way to develop mental uh, strength because it's you racing against the clock every minute. And you get to analyze how well you're doing on a minute-by-minute basis versus when the workout's done, you look back, you're like, man, I could have pushed a little bit harder. Then maybe you find out at minute seven, boy, I only have seven more minutes left. I feel pretty good. Let me ramp it up. Mm. So that's why I like EMOMs in that case. And then AMRAPs are good because let's just say it's as many rounds of reps as possible. If the first round of a 20-minute workout takes you two minutes, then now you look at the clock. You say, all right, I need to get 10 more rounds because I knew I got the first round in two minutes. So now you're holding yourself accountable against the clock based on your own performance. And I think there's something to that that just miraculously hits the spot because no one's telling you that you need to do 10 rounds. You're identifying that that's your pace that you should be able to hold because that's what your first round took you. Mm. So now it's you against the clock instead of you against other people. And I think there's a power between that, especially if you're training on your own. I think training on your own, give yourself a goal, race against the clock, and miracles happen. What do you think of training on your own? versus training with with partners versus training in a group versus all the different potentials is there i think they all have their own benefit i'm sure but they all have their own benefit you know if you really want to compete in the sport of fitness you know doing stuff on your own in the garage and pushing yourself to the level of just insanity is really important because when you're alone in the middle of an event there's no one there to encourage you push you or make you feel better right you're by yourself you know, I've been on events where you're in the middle of a desert or whatever, and you need to be able to internally motivate yourself to push yourself. So I think training in the garage is critical for that. Hmm. But I also think that it's really important to surround yourself with like-minded individuals who want to push. And people always say like, you know, hey, this program's the best, that program's the best. I frankly don't think it's about the program. I think it's about your effort and it's about the people you surround yourself with because as any good team knows, right, you bring the team together and the team rises, right? Because you have this guy doing really good over here, this guy, and everybody just wants to try and rise the tide, right? And I think that's what's really important about fitness right now is that if you really want to take it to the next level, you need to surround yourself with like-minded people who want to do the same. And then in addition to that, spend time in the dark hole because that's what you're going to need if you ever want to compete, right? You're not going to have your friends with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's so a lot of people listening to this, I'm sure, are probably potentially maybe living in a place that might seem almost analogous with like a dark hole compared to where they could be. Maybe if it's like a career development thing, maybe it's a fitness thing, maybe whatever it is. Yeah. So for someone that's in the middle of Ohio or whatever, where it's like 
is there some how kind do you of find training partners? Is that yeah, what you're saying? well, but also like like kind of like preparatory stage to get to the next stage. I don't know what I'm asking exactly, but for just for people like if you don't have access the way that you would in like a San yeah, I mean, Jose if you, don't have, if you don't have access to people to kind of help you elevate your game, then you need to do things on your own to elevate your game. And that goes for business or different types of things. You know, in business, you need to seek out subject control experts and learn everything you can from them. Yeah. In fitness, you need to learn the techniques, understand how to move well, and then you need to push yourself. And I think pushing yourself against the clock, especially if you're by yourself, hmm. is by far the best way to do it. Because yeah. if you just have like a four round, four rounds for time workout, yeah, you can see what other people have done, but I think it's different when you're minute by minute trying to chase something, you right. know? Yeah. So that's what I would do. Does the clock metaphor spill into things beyond fitness? Oh, 100%. I mean, everything's against the clock. Everything. Huh. I mean, everything you do, right? I mean, so for me, I mean, I segment my day. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I was I was late to coming here because I got caught up in another meeting before that was in another one. And I segment my day. Boom, boom, boom. And every minute, right, I want to make the most out of it. You know, because if I'm not working to build a business, if I'm not working to increase my fitness, or if I'm not spending time with my kids and trying to be with my family, then, you know, I want to make the most out of each minute. Like if I'm inside the house playing Nintendo, you're never going to catch me doing that because I don't feel like that's productive in my goals, what I want to accomplish, right? And what I want to accomplish is, you know, being the best father, best business owner and, and, uh, you know, maintaining my fitness as I can. And so anything that I do throughout my day that doesn't impact that, then, that's against my, that's, that's against the goals, right? So I shouldn't even be doing it. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, imagine if you were trying to lose weight, but you were constantly eating poorly. Well, that's against the goal you're trying to accomplish. So let's take a step back and just correct it. It's the same thing with me. What about stillness and silence and all that? Is that something that you <laughs> activate? <laughs> no. <laughs> Judging by the laugh. No. I mean, stillness, <laughs> silence. I mean, you know, I know there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of books out, a lot of things out on meditation, this and that. For me, I wish I could. I really do. But, um, you know, I've done a lot of yoga, right? But I'm not in a place where, like, I meditate on a daily basis. I'm not there. My meditation comes from coming in here in the morning and kicking my own butt with these cardio equipment. You it's know? meditation. That's but, legit. But that's for me, right? Yeah. And I like to wake up early because, as um, Jocko Willick would say, um, you know, what's the difference between waking up early and staying up late, right? Like, wh why, why do you want to wake up at 4 a.m. versus, like, being up at, you know, midnight? Yeah. And it's because in the morning, there's less people doing it, and it takes more discipline to wake up early. And I thought that was kind of cool to say that it takes discipline to get up in the morning, work out, and then it just starts your day off like that. I mean, yeah. it just starts your day off. Just You're just killing it. Well, from, a, 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 like, uh, you're mentioning being... We gotta, hey, ahead, Kay. Kay Dawn. I always hesitate on asking people about how they chlorinate the pool because in my mind I'm like I hope you don't swim in chlorine you know oh. I don't want to but I don't want to sound pretentious yeah. so when they respond we use salt I'm like oh yes yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't have to be the pretentious I mean, the, guy the worst like, kind of pool I mean it's like you know you go to like these uh, public pools you know and it's just dude, like so bad you just, or even like the indoor pools oh my god and I understand why they do it because there's so many people going in and whatever it's just there's got to be a better way so yeah for us we um we converted our pool to salt water about great I don't know maybe a year or two ago right and then we have the we converted the um the spa as well Nice. So both of them. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, it's interesting with, with the tension during that whole first 20 minutes as we were talking. Um, I and you, I know, could could kind of feel, like talking about like the AMRAP analogy. Yeah. 
as opposed to it being a bubble here, there was kind of this bubble with like a hole <laughs> over to Caden. Yeah. Could you feel that? Oh yeah, Isn't for that sure. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, it's tough for me. I mean, well, actually this is a great analogy to bring up, you know, so for me, I, I really believe in this AMRAP mentality, right? Where you focus on something, you move on to something else, you focus on it. And I think that a lot of people, they say they're busy, but they're really not busy. They're just not, they're not focused. Yeah. And you know, I have this theory, like, are you more, um, are you, you know, are we more productive today? Or are we more productive 30 years ago before the introduction of all these different electronic devices and this and that? And, you know, having Caden out here, it's tough for me because, you know, I want to focus with you, right? Because, you know, you're my guest. I want to sit here with you. But at the same time, it's important that my son really wanted to come out here and play. Although I didn't think it was a great idea because I couldn't pay the kind of attention I wanted to to him. Yeah. So I'm kind of like one in, one in. And it's actually a great analogy for this is actually a really great situation to bring up is that exactly what's happening right in it, not right the second, but before is exactly what happens to most people most of the day. Yep. And that level of having that, that hole is where, uh, you know, challenges arise. So like take, for example, I'm trying to share my thoughts with you but I'm worried that my son's going to go run in the street. Well, I can't fully express my thoughts to you because I'm worried about him. Now that he's inside the house, I can be present and focused with you. And so I think that's a great example of how, whether at work or in the gym or whatever, it's so important just to pick one thing and focus on, even if only for 10 minutes, because you can get so much more out of your time. Yeah, no, I could, yeah, it's really, it's just, it was so like tangibly felt. Oh yeah. Know, during the situation. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually a really, it's really odd that this, this happened right now. And yeah. That becomes the norm. That's the thing is I think very few people, maybe myself included, probably not yourself have probably don't even know what it means to focus. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, for me, it's just like segmenting the day being, you know I mean? I, I think about it a lot cause I I've coached so many classes and I think about coaching and when I'm coaching, there's nothing else that matters. I'm just present and I'm focused on our members. I'm trying to offer them the best one hour of their day, phone's gone, this and that. And I think about that mentality, why wouldn't we try and bring it to everything else we're doing? Yeah. Or if you're working out, right? And really the whole concept of like this time management happened years ago because, you know, I'm with my family trying to be the best father I can be. I'm, 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 I'm trying to do these different things. And I started asking myself, man, how do I balance all these different things and then actually do well at them, right? And the, the, the answer was, is that it, it's not that I didn't have enough time it's that I couldn't be one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. That's, that was the answer. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard a similar story with that of like, the feeling like, well, I want to do everything, you know? And so uh, I think that if we give ourselves the credit, it's like, dude, you got like 80 years to sort this thing out. Yeah. You know, like you can really drop in and crush this thing for a couple, few, five, 10 years and be able to move on to the next thing. Right. You know, but I think there's kind of like that existential stress of like, I need to do everything. And yeah. so then in the end, you end up really totally not actually. Yeah. I mean, learning how to say no has been really tough for me. Dude. I mean, you know, and, and I'm still learning how to say no because it's, it's easy to say yes. It's hard to say no. And you got no one to say no, because when it does it, you know, it distracts you and it takes you away from other things that might be even more important to you. Yeah. And uh, you got to be okay with that. Yeah. Derek Sivers. Are you familiar with Derek Sivers at all? I've heard that name. He's like yeah. my spirit animal. I'd really like to have him on here at some point. He lives in New Zealand. Um, but he says it's either it's either a hell yes or a hell no. Or right. I think he says fuck yeah. yeah. So if it's not like fuck yeah, it's like, oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. So making right. that transition, I think, is... 
I want to give a quick shout out to the most delicious vegan protein I've found from Sun Warrior. Um, it is a raw, vegan, sprouted, fermented superfood protein blend. And uh, super delicious. Definitely my favorite vegan protein. And uh, get yourself 10% off utilizing the line code at checkout sunwarrior.com. A line code 10% off. Thank you so much. Tuning in. Here we go. Rest of the show. Boom, boom, bam. And it takes a while to get to that point, right? Um, but as you get deeper in your career and as you start trying to do more things, you got to start saying no to more people yeah. because otherwise, you know, you're just saying yes all the time. And that, that that's not good. What have you gathered from you? see a mindset coach I've heard in another podcast. Yeah. So I have, um, so I, I used to see, um, Adam, he was, he's been great for years when I was competing. I think the mindset side is just so important. You know, I, I I've, I've passed out before. I've done some really weird stuff in competition. I think mm. what was happening is I wasn't learning how to channel my energy. And I think a lot of people actually don't know how to channel their energy appropriately. Mm. What they do is before a stressful situation, they get so worked up and so anxious, or they try and work themselves up that by the time they actually get to their event, whether it be physical or whatever, they're just already spent. Mm. And I think what they need to learn and what I needed to learn, and I'm still learning, right, is just how to stay calm, collected, focused, relaxed. And then once the event comes, you will turn on. I think sometimes people think like, oh man, I got to get amped up in the back before the event. It's like, dude, you're going to be amped up when you go walk in front of thousands of people or whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, it's unavoidable. Yeah. It's like, you know, giving a speech, right? There's no need to get pumped up before the speech. You walk out, you see a thousand people dude. looking at you, you will be engaged, right? And what happens is sometimes if you overwhelm yourself going into that, right, like pumping up, pumping up, pumping up, by the time you actually get there, you're so exhausted that you just, you can't perform to your ability. Yeah. I've, I'll find myself, I have paralyzed myself before using like amplifying supplements. So like yeah, yeah. coffee or something like that before yeah. you're about to go talk to a thousand people like, oh, let's do some coffee. You know, I'm like, and then I get out there like, Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> it was like chamomile, chamomile next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's that same thing. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I mean, you know, uh, stimulant or no stimulant, you could, you know, music becomes a big factor, right? If you're in the back and you're playing DMX, there's a big difference between that and like some low-key country music, right? Because what it's doing is just amping you up, amping you up, amping you up. You gotta be aware of that. And that was, you know, I think that's one thing I learned. I mean, obviously, I learned about positive self-talk, right? That's a big one. And, uh, you know, understand what's in your control and out of your control. I mean, I think these are all really important things that get talked about a lot, but to master them takes a long time. And I think, not that I've mastered them, but to get good at them, I think you can get better at them in the gym. I can't think yeah. of a better way to develop a mindset than in the gym. And what I mean by in the gym, you can just be running. But it's like, you know, even like the concept of uh, positive self-talk. When you think about positive self-talk, there's no better way to develop that than in the gym because when you're going through a challenging workout, the first thing that goes to your mind is, oh, my legs hurt or whatever. But instead, what should go through your mind is, hey, keep your weight in your heels, do this, do that. And so I always think about it like this when I'm going through a workout. I always try and tell people, try and go through a workout and coach yourself as if you were coaching somebody else. Like you would never coach your, you would never coach somebody else and be like, hey, your legs hurt right now, right? You can barely breathe or this and that. What you would say to them is, hey, look, you're doing a really good job. Keep breathing. Stay calm. Do me a favor. Go ahead and pull more with your hamstring. Go ahead and, you know, plant your heel more, right? You would give like, a, like guidance. And that same thing can be seen in yourself. And I think the carryover in the real life is unreal. I mean, I've seen it personally with my daughter in the ICU. I mean, 
the ability to translate positive self-talk in the gym to positive self-talk in a stressful situation at work or in life, it, it pays huge dividends in my opinion. Yeah, it's how you do anything, it's how you do everything. Yeah, but to develop that, I think the best way to develop that, and again, there's probably better, there's probably other ways. For me, the best way that I've learned to develop is through fitness because there's so many opportunities for success or failure. There's so many opportunities for adversity in a non like life or death situation, right? It's like, eh, I'm doing a workout. Yeah. It's painful. Let me positive self-talk this. Let me get through it. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly Stark calls it, uh, says the, the time in the gym is kind of like the classical ballet. Yeah, so you're working on this. It's a little bit more linear. It's a little bit more structure, and you're working on the fundamentals. And then you know you go out into the world, and you have that foundation. I'm kind of you know adding on to it, but you have that foundation to have the modern dance or the, you know whatever it may be. Right. But it's like that's the foundational. You can work on those those foundational principles because you have a secure space to do it at. Yeah. As opposed to being always just you know well, improv. That's right. Yeah. 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 Is there any kind of s mental blocks that you have discovered with yourself upon kind of your your search inside with all that um mental blocks i mean i think for me um i mean there's just certain things that i've had to recognize that it's the way i am and there's certain things that I'm, I'm not that way like my attention span is terrible my um my ability to want to be on like a structured schedule it just won't work for me i i resist it right and i need to get better at it those are like more business related but on a more fitness or or lifestyle related just, uh, you know, what I've learned about myself through competition and what I've learned about my family through Ava's diagnosis has, um, has, has really taught us all a lot. And mm -hmm. so I think we've, we're constantly trying to learn. And I think through these challenging situations, you learn a lot about the people you're around because right. it's only through adversity. You really start to see what's going on. You know, and if, if you're, you know, if you're balling out of control, living in Bali, doing your thing, whatever, right. And you're living like this glamorous, glamorous life. That's all good, but then if something ever happens with adversity, it's how you and your family react to it that I really think you learn a lot about who they are and what's going on, and you learn how to react with each other. Mm. And so for us, it's been really a great experience these last two years, year and a half, um, learning learning how strong our family really is and, uh, and watching them crush it. Yeah. Do you have any kind of like mantras or specific tips tools something that you use in a competition or anything like that yeah i mean i mean in competition i always try to remind myself um just to move fast but to to breathe slow and i think that's a that's you know, this guy austin begeebing first said that to me and, I, and it really hit home because what it basically says is like hey you got to move because you want to win of course but don't forget to just be easy right and i think there's something to be said about moving fast and breathing fast versus moving fast, but breathing slow. And, and I think it's more of a mindset of like, let's go out there and get it, but stay in control, keep your heart rate low, keep your mind fresh, versus go out there and get it, and 30 seconds later, you're on the floor. Yeah, yeah, it's, I've heard, uh, what, breath is the king of the nervous system and things oh, totally. like that. Well, I mean, if you think about swimming, you know, one of the reasons why people have such a challenging time with swimming is because you can't breathe whenever you want, right? I mean. <laughs> that's the biggest challenge to swimming is that as you're swimming you must you must understand your breath and you must find your breathing rhythm right otherwise you start to hyperventilate and overreact right i'm sure you've seen it in people when they swim if they haven't developed that skill yet no matter what you tell them 
they'll get maybe 30 feet. They look great. And then all of a sudden, they'll just start freaking out. It's because their heart rate gets so jacked up because they don't have any oxygen because they're not learning how to breathe well. Yeah. And that same thing translates into fitness a lot when you have like a barbell in your throat or when you have dumbbells on your shoulders. It becomes more challenging to breathe. And so one of the things that I like to work on is like finding your breathing rhythm through movement. And, you know, using swimming as an analogy is a phenomenal one. Whereas like with running, you can kind of, you know, I remember one of these times, uh, one of our coaches, Chris Hinshaw, he just said to me, he's like, hey, man, you should be really happy you're running right now. I was like, why? I was like, running is very hard. He goes, because you could breathe whenever you want. You don't need to worry about any weight on you. You don't even worry about anything. You could breathe whenever you want, right? And uh, it was a cool way for me to look at running as like this, this cool cardio form because I, I don't have to worry about my diaphragm opening and closing. I don't have to worry about uh, weight on me. I don't have to worry about the water. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, <clears throat> I've found using breath, really wielding breath as the tool that it is to be just really potent, even for something that goes from being able to relax yourself, but then also being able to pick up really heavy weight off the ground. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that kind of being able to span that spectrum oh, of huge. breath control. Can you talk a little bit about the other end of like, let's pick heavy shit up? Well, breath? I mean, like today I was teaching the deadlift and, and what are we going to teach? We're going to teach, hey, get, get your body in a, in a good position, take a big breath, brace everything, get peak tension and yeah. then stand. And so breath is part of peak tension, right? So when I think about peak tension, low back flat, shoulders back, boom, big breath. And whether you're squatting, same thing. And I think it's important that when you, the reason why breath is so important is that when you're breathing, there's an, there's a, you know, a change in your diaphragm. Let's just say there's a change in your lungs. And as that's changing, then you don't necessarily want to be loaded. Um, so if you have like a one rep max, you want to establish your position complete the range of motion and then reset your breath so as you're working through these heavy loads there's never any like give and take it's always just a hold position and that's really what weightlifting is is the ability to move load without compromising position right yeah. moving position at all yeah could you break down because i think this is a really like elusive subject for people to actually nail everyone probably thinks they're breathing well or correctly but could you just break down the sequencing of breathing going from say top of like a squat or a deadlift all the yeah, way down I mean, through i mean for me like take for example uh we'll use a squat at the top right you get underneath the bar right i like to take a big breath before i even get underneath the bar and then I pull it off. So this way, if, if I pull it off the rack and I haven't taken in a big breath and really prepared myself, it always feels a lot heavier than it should, right? So I take the bar off the rack. I step back, right? I've already exhaled again. I'm kind of like chilling right now. Mm. Then boom, it's a big breath. It's set the position, bah, right? So it's breath, set, down, up, right? Breath, set, down, up. And as I'm setting, I'm creating like this peak tension through my entire body. And uh, that, that's what I'm really thinking about. Then once I'm back up again, I exhale, I breathe, and then I do it again. So anytime I'm moving under load, I'm not breathing, hmm. right? Like heavy load, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I'm standing or, or whatever, then it's different. Hmm. That's great. And then what about, um, I'd like to get some specifics. And we can wrap, is, is Jiu-Jitsu fella here? Yeah, this is Bobby. What's up, dude? Don't worry, Aaron. Can, <laughs> Aaron's rolled before. Yeah, where we share, we share blue belts. Yeah. Uh, how's it going, brother? Um, how much time do we have left before we should wrap wrap the thing up? We're just we're just kind of cruising. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You want anything? You need anything? Bro, um, I was thinking about. So we got these mats, right? They were outside, so they've been like. Um, heat's been on them, so I'm sure they're clean, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you think they look fine, we'll, we could just roll on them. Are you guys going gi, obviously? 
Yeah. Cool. What's your parents doing, gi or no gi? Either of you, both of you. I wish we had another mic. <laughs> we need another one. When I first started, I wrestled, so I, I, I kind of like no gi. Yeah, right. But now... Gi is nice. I'm, you know, I nothing but respect to everyone else that knows more about jujitsu than I do. But I found gi really nice because it slows the game down. Yeah. You know, so when you're when you're learning that first thing, it's kind of like we're talking about like the classical ballet analogy. You know, it's it's you can slow down. Whereas if it's slippery and mobile, it's for me it was hard to focus on solid technique because it was just so much more ballistic. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. How has jujitsu affected your perspective on uh, weightlifting and such? Has that changed things? Well, at I think all with jujitsu, I mean, you want to, you're more than welcome to sit down. Yeah. I think with jujitsu, what's interesting about jujitsu is, is that it's, um, it's shown me that how much benefit fitness gives you, right? Like yeah. the more fit you are, it plays a big role in, in jujitsu. I mean, like my first jujitsu competition, it was so bizarre. I, I started rolling with this guy and I was nervous. I, I wasn't nervous, but I was like, I never rolled in like a competition before. And so I go out with this guy and we're going at it. And I think it was a five minute round, if I'm not mistaken. We're like three minutes in and neither one of us has scored any points, but I wasn't like dominating by any means, right? Like it was kind of like a neutral. And I was like, man, this guy's like a lot better than I thought. And then boom, uh, he just exhausted himself. And I just, I scored like just points, points, points. Wrestlers do was, that a lot. He was so exhausted. He just physically couldn't defend himself, yeah. right? I mean, he was defending himself, but he couldn't do anything. And so I think the fitness side really plays a big role. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, I'm actually surprised not more jujitsu guys spend more time trying to train in the gym because hmm. I think that their jujitsu would, would really elevate, right? Because at, at a certain point, you know, I mean, look, technique is, is king, but at a certain point, I mean, if you're stronger and faster and more, you know, better condition, it, it, it helps. Yeah, yeah. I find jujitsu overall in comparison to wrestling to be a little bit more like parasympathetic, you know, in the sense of like it's more about easing into your breath and kind of like when I when I would roll with a wrestler, I'd find it would just be like this like sympathetic rage, like raw and I'm like, Oh god, if I yeah. just focus on my breath and stay safe, like it's gonna be like Conor McGregor Mayweather kind of thing yeah. where it's like round ten comes, you're like, Okay, and we can begin. Right. <laughs> Yeah. It's scary at first. You're like, oh, God, but it's okay because it's like jujitsu has rules. So, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's all right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> as far as I wonder, have you ever been in a street fight? Uh, I got in one. I got in one. It's like, How yeah, long ago? Is that, is that measurable? It's a while ago. Okay. Yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> I was like, let me see. I was probably, you know, 16. I was like a sophomore in high school. And, and uh, it was actually right down the street. It's so funny, man. It was in Saratoga, which. If anybody knows about Saratoga, I mean, it's like the, you know, preppy, whatever, like, you right. know, very wealthy families out there. And we were at this like uh, Saratoga wine and like, like festival. Right. But we we're like 16 years old. And uh, one of my buddies had kind of gotten in like this little tussle or whatever. But I was just with my girl and we were just we were, I was with Ashley, actually. And we were just chilling. And we were just whatever. So we're walking to our car and uh, this dude is just super drunk. And so he's running by and like, you know, he's just being obnoxious. And all is good, no big deal. But then he goes up to my current wife and he just pushes her, like just like lights her up out of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. Just hits her. And I'm like, this mother. Uh, and and so I said something to him. I, I just said to him like, hey man, you need to tone it back. You know, you need to calm down. Cause like he was just, he was just out, out, of, out of his mind, right? I was like, hey man, you need to tone it down. And as soon as I said it, there was no other words spoken. It was just, he was just coming right at me. And uh, 
So we went at it for a while, and there were some other guys there, and the police were called, and my shirt came off, and it was just a, it was a, it was a shoes come off. No, my, Hawaiian my, style. My shoes stayed on. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> That's the first thing in a Hawaiian fight, or probably a lot of places. But like, you know, it's problems. If the slippers come off, you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that was like the one and only. You know, like I'm not a very, I don't really get into. You know, I don't, I don't really. Uh, I'm not a very aggressive guy. It was just in that particular case. I mean. You know, and even today, I mean, if someone, if I was out and someone pushed my wife, I would have a problem with that. Right. But outside of that, I don't really have any problems. I mean, I'm very low key. Yeah. Yeah. Last couple, last couple of things and we can, we'll, we'll wrap up. I gotta yeah. get, I gotta drive back to Venice here in a minute as well. No so yeah, things. Um, but, uh, what do you, I think of kind of interesting debate or discussion, I guess would be what's proper rest time. Cause I think with a lot of people rest just doesn't even exist like maybe you think you're resting because you like slept for six hours last night but like a lot of people like wh- you mean what like do you recovering think? between workouts yeah yeah, yeah like I mean, say for like a squat for example it's an interesting thing right there's some theories where people are like oh you can only squat once a week whatever whatever um yeah i think you just need to listen to your body frankly mm. and i think you got to look at you know how are you eating how are you sleeping and um and then how are you recovering and what i mean by that is um, from food supplementation, et cetera, but also just from mobility work. Right. I mean, so are you finishing your workout? Are you using good positions? And I think oftentimes where people get really messed up is because they don't taught how to move well from the beginning. So every time they're moving, they're moving in a pattern that's not necessarily optimal. And so it starts to break them down pretty hard. But as far as I'm concerned, I think someone can train pretty much seven days a week, six days a week, but as long as you listen to your body and when you feel like you're broken down, you need to go ahead and just take a day, take two days, take even a week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been doing that for about 10 years. I mean, so when I was competing at the highest level, I, um, I didn't ever take an intentional rest day ever for years. But if I really felt like my body was broken down, I would, I would do it. And I think that's one of the reasons why programming becomes such an issue is that you have these remote coaches from, you know, from wherever trying to provide coaching for an athlete on the other side of the country but they don't know how that athlete's feeling that day. And I think it's important to analyze how you feel. So this way, for example, if your coach says, hey, go for a Fran PR, right? Well, if you're feeling like crap, you're probably not going to hit your Fran PR. So it's going to negatively impact you psychologically. Mm. And it's not going to be the best workout for you. What could have been better that day is, hey, it's 30 minutes of cardio followed by heavy back squats at 80% effort or whatever, right? So I think it's all about listening to your body and, and knowing when it's the right time to ramp it up and when it's the right time to slow it down. What about non-negotiable supplements? Does that exist? Um, I think a multivitamin is good. I think, uh, well, I mean, I use Progenix uh, protein, just, you know, recovery, like a a normal whey protein, right? I would say a non-negotiable. I mean, I like probiotics. I like a multivitamin. I like a protein. That's, yeah. I, I wouldn't say there's anything that, yeah, I would just say those. I mean, I think as far as everything else, I think they're up for whatever you want. Cool. Final random, random question. Is there any exercises or movements that you see there's a, a, like a, a void or a vacancy with people that if they just did, it's just like, oh, just do this one thing, it'll make a big difference in I your mean, life? I mean, the back squat's the king of it all, okay. right? I mean, the back squat's the king. I mean, front squat's good too, but it requires a little bit of like that lat flexibility. So I think the back squat, you know, a buddy of mine, he wanted to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And he was like, hey man, I'm going to the gym, I'm doing bicep curls, I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm not getting any bigger. I'm like, what are you back squatting? He's like, no. So I had him start back squatting twice a week 
for like three months and his entire body got larger because he's working such major muscle groups and he's putting such stress on his entire body that the byproduct is huge. Cool. So I would say like a five by five back squat is the king of it all. And then obviously there's a bunch of other great stuff. Cool. Is there any places that you'd recommend as far as donations or anything like that, like nonprofit type organizations to help out? You know, we do a lot of work with this company called Nigu, um, the Never Ever Give Up. It's the Jesse Reese Foundation. I think they do a great job. And, um, you know, we have an event. Uh, you can check out Ava's Kitchen. That's my wife's uh, Instagram, and, and that's what she does. She raises a lot of money through that. But outside of that, I would just say if you don't have any money, don't worry about it. Go donate some blood. Cool. Awesome. And people finding you, learning more about all of the, the world of Jason Klepa. I mean, we have, a, we have yeah. a few different things going on, but I mean, you can just find my, you know, jasonklepa.com or jasonklepa on Instagram, whatever. Cool. That's that's the best place. Sweet. We'll include all that on the show notes and all that Yeah, stuff. no problem. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, of course. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Dropping out. Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and thank you Ample Meal for supporting this podcast. Ample Meal is a bottle of deliciousness. It's a comprehensive full meal designed to provide quality fuel when you don't have time to sit down and make a sandwich or whatever you're into. Uh, really good stuff. Just throw some water in there and it's got fats from macadamia, coconut, chia seeds, got wheatgrass, barley grass, chlorella, various types of fiber, probiotics. Really good stuff. Get yourself 15% off using the Align code at AmpleMeal.com and uh, uh, A-L-I-G-N is the code, 15% off on that purchase. All right, guys, thanks so much. Thank you once again so much for tuning into this podcast. If you guys want to show some support, show some love for what we're doing here, um, you can jump onto the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. And then from there, a uh, couple things you can do, one of which you could actually donate through Patreon. There's a link on the right-hand sidebar of the blog and podcast page. Uh, you can utilize the Amazon affiliate link. Uh, anytime you or anybody you know buy some crap on Amazon, please and thank you. Bookmark that link. Every time you do it, we get something like 7% of your purchase and it helps support this show. It is awesome. So great. As well, something you could do that is ultra helpful if you or anybody that you know um, has ears and likes books, uh, tell them to check out the audibletrial.com slash align. That's A-U-D-I-B-L e-trial.com slash align and then from there that is uh, you get a free audio book from audible they have something like i don't know a bajillion different titles to choose from uh one that i would recommend that i got from them was shantaram i it's a huge book and uh again all free no matter what size the book you get and that got me through i listened to that as i was traveling through morocco and uh, just really really amazing website uh, amazing service couldn't recommend it more and uh, it kicks us down some scratchola every time you guys utilize that free thing costs you absolutely nothing and you get a free audiobook and you support the show boom um, thanks so much for reviews on iTunes that's greatly appreciated and thanks just in general for listening thanks for supporting thanks for for spreading the word all right I can't express enough how much I appreciate all that if you guys ever have any questions or comments you feel free to email me directly at Aaron at aligntherapy.com and I would love to talk. All right, see you guys. Thank you.
Thank you for listening, and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one, and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Online Podcast.